space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we're back looking at time travel, and we've got another two episodes this week. Uh, we're going to be going back to Enterprise, which we we don't tend to visit as often with this, and the, there is a reason for this. It's because uh, a lot of Enterprise is a lot more serialised, and when they do time travel, it's usually the Temporal Cold War, um, which we, we think we'll probably do a separate series on. Yeah, maybe a full episode... Maybe an extended episode to cover it all in one go. Yeah, so we've been sort of avoiding doing the more sort of arc plot heavy Temporal Cold War episodes. But this one works out quite nicely. So this is Carpenter Street. And then we're back to the old favourite Voyager for time travel. (laughs) In the second half of the show, we're going to look at Non Sequitur. I think that just about uh, almost wraps it up for Voyager time travel, doesn't it? Um, there's a few more, but yeah, it, the, <laughs> the more conventional yeah. ones. Yeah. You've got, like, some of the weird Kez ones and stuff like that that we've not, um, I yeah, think isn't there another end, Kez end one. Game. Yeah, yes. but again, we'll probably do Endgame separately when Somewhere we look separately. at finales and things probably like that. Probably look at season finales as a, as yeah. a one, so, one time. So we'll see, we might be done with Voyager for a bit, but it's nice to look at Enterprise first of all, because as I say, it's not one that we we tend to hit on as much, so... I think this is only our second visit to Enterprise. I think it might be, actually, yeah. We did, um, oh, which one did we do? We did, oh, we did the other... East Squared. We did the other time travel one, yeah. <laughs> and this one's very, very different, and yeah, it's a really interesting episode, this one. So it, it starts off then in... Pre- when I say present day, I mean present day to when it was recorded. But um, so we're starting in present day, and they've got all yeah, the 2004 one set. Yeah, and they've got all these tropes of like to to really show you that we're in present day and not uh, not in the normal Star Trek universe. So you've got a guy drinking <laughs> beer and eating pizza, and we got all this stuff going on to kind of show you how down-to-earth it is, and we're going to sort of touch on this quite a bit as we go through, but this is a much sort of darker and edgier Star Trek than you usually see in terms of some of the the contents yeah, of it. Yeah, I think, um, well, it's, this is from, what, the first third of Season 3, yeah. isn't it? And to be fair, Season 3 does get quite dark at times. Yeah, it does. Because it gets very dark to season three of Enterprise. And it was sort of a, a bit of a mission statement, really, because it was no secret Enterprise was struggling in the ratings, comparatively, um, and they were trying to do something a bit different to spice it up. And I think maybe this one, it stands out a bit more because it's got that contemporary setting, and you see things, uh, you know, reflecting real life a lot more in this yeah. one. Yeah. So it hits home a little bit. But yeah, you're right. It is a, generally a darker kind of season. In fact, I think it like re-watching these, some of these Enterprise and all that, and I know Enterprise didn't go down as popular as other series, and a lot of people look back as saying it's probably the worst of all the series. 
But I think he'd actually stand up a lot better being released nowadays. Maybe not the first season, but definitely yeah, the third season. I think certainly elements of it would do. I mean, the the third season was... I mean, it's really a sort of dry run for what Discovery and Picard do now in having yeah. a, a serialised story. But the the problem then was you've still got to hit your episode quota for, like, 22 episodes each season. I think they were still on, 20, were they still on 26 episodes at this Maybe. Point. I don't know if they, they knocked it down or not. But, um, yeah, so you've got to tell a story over a much longer period of time. And it's, it is difficult to do a serialised story over that amount of episodes and to keep it interesting and keep it fresh. Uh, season three was twenty four episodes. Twenty four, then, yeah. So, so yeah, like we're seeing, you know, if this had been able to have the shorter runs like Discovery and Picard do, I think the Zindi arc could have been really, really strong. You know, if you could have yeah. cut out the filler yeah, if you do, and if you take out the filler. Yeah, like there's that silly Beauty and the Beast episode with Hershey, and you know, the it's just yeah. The, there's ones where it is just treading water, but. But yeah, certainly what they were trying to do was really interesting. So with the this then, so it's the contemporary saying we got the the guys called Loomis. Now I look, I, I was trying to find out the reason for this, and I can't find a reason. But there's a lot of references to John Carpenter and specifically to the film Halloween. So you've got obviously it's called Carpenter Street. Your main yeah. guys called Loomis, and that was Donald Pleasance's character in Halloween. There's a reference to a character called Strode, which was Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Yeah. And I wonder know, if it's because they used um, William Shatner's face for Halloween. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. If, if it's just sort of like a, a bit of a tribute to that. It could be, yeah. Or it could just be, you know, the writer's a fan of Halloween and thought they'd drop yeah. some stuff in. But I just thought, that there's that much of it. There must be something more to it, but... Apparently, it does extend for a few more episodes either side of this one. There's characters, uh, one's named McCready after Kurt Russell's character in The Thing, and, you know, there's just a few character names and things, so I don't know, maybe one of the script editors was a big John Carpenter guy or something, I don't yeah, know. Just, like, you do get that where, like, you see it in a lot of other shows where there's sort of little Easter eggs to Star Trek, Oh, yeah, yeah. But you're not so used to seeing it in Star Trek Easter eggs to other shows. No. And I think probably when this was made, it was probably something that didn't happen as often or not as noticed. Like, now everything's got Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. And, you know... You can't make anything without putting an Easter egg in it. Well, this is it. And the other thing as well now is with the, the internet and the amount of entertainment websites, you know... Every time a new episode drops, I'll guarantee you within 24 hours there'll be an article saying, you know, Picard episode 3, Easter eggs, and yeah. breaking them all and down and everything. And a lot of them are Easter eggs, either, what they're coming out with. It's... No, yeah, that's uh, another thing, but yeah. So I don't know, I don't know quite what the Halloween connection is, but it's definitely there on this one. Yeah. And so he's eating his pizza, he's drinking his beer, and then the phone rings, and you get, like, the really freaky music... Which is a bit weird, because it's like, what's he sort of looks shocked, and obviously maybe he's got an idea who's going to be ringing him, but yeah. as a viewer, you're like, well, what's so freaky about the phone ringing? It's, it seems a bit overbearing, the music, but and it, it turns out it's the Zindi guy, and this is um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, 
Yeah. Who obviously much more famous now as Negan in The Walking Dead and the comedian yeah, in Watchmen. He, like he he's talked about this episode and yeah, he was not a fan. Or, or play, he, he's not. He wasn't happy, and a lot of it's down to the costume he had to wear. Yeah. And I, I, I don't like. I think it's a lot of actors who don't do this sort of thing on a regular basis. It's probably gone. Yeah, I'd love to be in Star Trek. Yeah. And all like, oh, yeah, I get to be an alien, great. But then suddenly finds out that he's got to sit up in makeup for four hours, getting ready in the morning and before anyone get else gets to set Well, that's stuff. it. And the other thing as well with the Zindi is it, it's a full-on face sculpt. It's not... Oh, that's a full... Yeah. There's not a lot you can do with that in terms of your acting, your performance, your facial expression. So I imagine it's quite frustrating for some plus actors. He had to change, plus he had to change his voice. Yeah. Like, to be fair, I I, I watched The Walking Dead, so I'm quite used to seeing yeah. him. But even knowing it was him, you can't tell it's him. No, it's occasionally a little bit with his voice here and there, but um, yeah, you do have to be told or see his name in the credits yeah. or whatever. Um, um, and Loomis, uh, Lello and Doffer, this is his fourth out in yes, Star Trek. Yes, he's been in quite a few, hasn't he? He was in DS9's Dax, was it? Not uh, Dax. No, um, it was um, in Sanctuary. Oh, that's he, it. It was one of them... Uh, Sort of scrubber aliens, the first ones that came through the world. Yes, yes, yeah, I remember. He was one of them. Then he was in, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the episode, the one where Garrick uh, is interrogating Order on the way to. Oh, Dyer's Cast, yeah. Dyer's Cast. He played uh, the Changeling, who that's was the Vulcan, it. who was the Romulan. Yes, that's it. And, and he also played. Um, the hologram that they rescued in Voyager that had gone demented oh, and yeah. killed all his crew. Yeah, so he's, he's had some good, some decent roles. Then he's managed yeah. to be in some decent, apart from Sanctuary, in some decent episodes. Yeah. He was all... He's played, played some good roles and this is another good role. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was also in, um, away from Star Trek, but he was in the film Seven. Uh, he's the guy that the killer makes where the dildo with the knife on the end of it right and they find him at the the brothel i was looking at his imdb actually he's in all sorts yeah he's quite prolific he's got one of them faces he looks familiar yeah even if you can't place him straight away but um yeah and we stick with him for quite a bit before we go back to the enterprise and this is where it uh as i was saying sort of gets Darker than you'd usually see. Like, first of all, it shows prostitutes, which yeah, he's he's blatantly curved. Yeah, he is, and you know, I'm not. I can't say with certainty this is the first time we've seen at least contemporary prostitutes in Star Trek. Yeah, I think um, the Dabo girls are meant. There's a yeah, and that way in DS9, but it's never actually yeah, and people on Ricer and things like that. But um, so you know that's quite an eye opener for Star Trek. Like usually when we go back to the present day, we don't get any of this sort of seedy side of it. Yeah, and like you say, he's curb crawling and he's kidnapping these women, and he he's. Well, it turns down the first one for for another one. Yeah, but I want I want your friend. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, presumably that's something to do with the blood type and yeah. how the how he well, went. Well, we find this out that he's a nurse or something. Yeah, so he knows in the blood banks, and he's 
he's basically harvesting one of each blood type. Yeah, and he, he's finding out what the blood types are by working at the blood bank and then... And then there's another quite graphic scene where it shows him injecting her with something. I mean, it's not heroin, but clearly... Yeah, it's to knock her out, innit? It's a sedative. But, you know, in terms of what we're seeing on screen, this, you know, this could be out of the wire or something, you know, we're seeing yeah. someone... Oh, it, yeah, it's like for Star Trek, like, yeah. they're going about Discovery and Picard having gone quite dark. Look at this from, like, 16 years before. Yeah, exactly. And this is bloody dark. It is. I mean, this is, yeah, much darker than you'd usually expect to see. And um, there's a bit I found a little bit amusing, like where the Zindi give him his payment and they give him the briefcase and he opens it and there's the cash in it. But it's hardly full. It's like you could have given that in an envelope, you know. Yeah. Reminds me of that bit in... um... Well, it's getting five grand per body, isn't it? Yeah. But it just seems over the top to do it in a briefcase, like you're used to seeing all the... Like, full. Reminds me of the bit in um, Dodgeball well, got, where... Well, you've got to assume that. Like, there's India on Earth in the past. So, they've probably looked at TV and stuff to to get an idea how to interact ah. with someone. And they've probably seen that when you do these exchanges. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine a lot at that time was handing briefcases over. So, yeah, you're probably right. So, they, they think that's how you do yeah, money so transfers. It, to me, yeah, that actually makes quite good... Yeah, they're I'll buy that. Too, they're not they're not humans who think, oh, put it in an envelope because it's only five grand. Yeah, no. They're I'll... thinking, we're doing an illegal tran- transaction. You meant to hand it over in a briefcase. Yeah, I like that. I'll go with that. Um, but yeah, as I say, it reminds me in Dodgeball where he goes, have you ever seen what $100,000 looks like? And he opens it and it's just one stack of money sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it reminded me a bit of that. But anyway, the, so we, we finally cut to the Enterprise quite late in the episode. And this is where Daniels appeal appears to Archer. And they have this sort of conversation about, like, Daniels is saying, well, history doesn't record the Zindi, so... You know, yeah, we, we uh, don't really uh, know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, and what, what's happening here shouldn't happen in history. Yeah. And, and it hasn't caught up to my timeline yet. Yeah, that's so interesting. It, so it makes you sort of think like, well, time's been changed here, but the waves haven't affected yet. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and maybe it's a little bit like we, we talked about with the relativity, like do they, you know, because we, we never get the full... SP on Daniels, that's something they were trying to play the long game with and it never quite... It, yeah, because we only got four seasons. Yeah, they, they never quite got to it, but... Um, yeah, I think if we'd got the fifth season that we thought we were getting... Maybe we'd have got... For a long time, I think we might have got all that. Yeah. And we'd have certainly got a better ending to the se- series. Oh, yes, <laughs> indeed. But, um, so, he, yeah, it's this idea like i say maybe it's like the relativity like they're a little bit outside of time so they can observe it but it doesn't necessarily catch up to them and yeah i, I don't know but yeah so that's the the setup of the episode basically is archer's gotta go back and put it right which scott yeah, bacula the time police can't, who know who know what's happening can't go back and put it right yeah. themselves. and scott bacula really if you want someone to go back in time and put right what's gone wrong scott bacula's you have got your man. the right guy haven't they <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One weird thing, though, that they say is they say they've been there for two months, and it's like, well, that don't matter. You could send him back two months before. You don't have to... Earlier, yeah. That, that, that just doesn't seem to 
stack it. I mean, it's a stupid thing to say they've been there two months. Like, well, they haven't. Yeah. Because if you don't it's... stop them, they'll have been there forever. And if you do stop them, then they won't have been there at all. So yeah, it... yeah can't you go and stop them when they arrive? Yeah, it, that seems to me like maybe, again... Maybe there's well, some it, sort it's of. Obviously, you've got to have that for the storytelling. You have to do, but maybe there's some sort of rules they had for it that were were missing out on here. Like you know, we can only change things once they've been detected, or you know, I don't know, but I'm sure there's meant be, to be. Because we're detecting they've been there for two months already. Yeah. If we go stop them from when they arrive, then there'd be two timelines of Something it. Something like that. Or, yeah, maybe there's stuff they've done that's already part of your history, so we can't... I don't know. Um, but for whatever reason, yeah, that's what the setup is, and that's why we've got to do it. And they seem to have the same sort of space-time... Um, transporters as they did on the relativity because they beam to well, Paul and Archer. Well, say he, he says here that he's from the 30th century. Yeah. Which is interesting because that's where Discovery's gone. Yeah, yeah. And was the so, rel- relativity from the 29th? So this yeah, is... Yeah, so, so he's 100 years ahead of the relativity, isn't it? Yeah. And or, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. There used to be a book, the Star Trek chronology, that had it, but I don't think it's been updated since, like, the middle of TNG, so... Uh, But it'd be interesting if they did, you know, they revisited that, but I suppose with this much Star Trek coming out, it'll be out of date as soon as it got published, so... Uh, But there'll be something on Memory Alpha. But you have them where they try to say, well, this is in a different reality and this is yeah. not trying timeline and I can't be bothered with them. It's all Star Trek. It is, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, we get... We talked about when we talked about um, the Voyager uh, Future's End, we talked about how uh, we should have got the scene where Tuvok and Tom nick a car, but now we get Archer nicking a car. Yeah. Well, it like... Don't you think this was a bit of a letdown, though, how they actually travelled back in time? There wasn't even a beam. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it was almost like they walked through a door. Yeah, and they, they were just there. there. It, it was very much uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, you're right, it was. <laughs> yeah. But... It, yeah, it, it just struck me that struck me about this episode that and I, I think, think it's the only one that we don't see any form of time. No, you're right. Yeah, we... travel if it's an explosion that's fl- thrown them back or the beamed or whatever. You're right, yeah. And, th- I mean, if there is a fault with this episode, I think that it probably is um, that stuff isn't really explained in a lot of detail. They clearly had the story they wanted to tell. They got on with it and they told it. But things do get glossed over and we'll probably touch on yeah. them more as we go like... through, but... As I've said, it's a long time since I've watched Enterprise, and it's probably one I should re-watch properly, because I'm sure that there will be something in, the t- in like, all of the Time War yeah. and Time Bureau that'll show you them travelling through time. And yeah, I'm sure it, but... it will do, and we're just meant to be familiar with it enough at this stage yeah. that they can just do it off-screen. That they and... decided we don't need to use the put a special effect in. Yeah. So they they get a car eventually. They go through this right. One's got a clamp on it. One's got a dog in it. So I can't get in there. 
and there's a little bit of a thing. You know, there's some funny bits where it's actors. It's quite funny when uh, they, they do get in the car and the radio and all that goes on and they're, they're just pressing everything, trying to turn it off. Yeah, and he's he's trying to work out, oh, I've got, I've got D, R, 2, 3, 4. And... Well, I thought this was quite funny because Tapol goes to him, can you, have you ever driven a vehicle from this period? And he goes, I can fly a starship. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not necessarily that good to good for you when you're trying to drive a car, but no. at least it's, to be fair, it seems to do quite well. He does. At least he got an automatic, so it's a little bit easier. Well, that's it... Ameri- to be fair, in America, most of the cars yeah, are, they are automatic. That's true. If it uh, had a car with a gear shift, it'd have probably been in a bit of trouble. But um, and they also nick some money. They do a bit of a sort of John Connor type trick with the the cash machine and. Yeah, which I think's fair enough. They got. I, I think, think that so. would be quite easy able to hack a, an ATM. And it's it, it's a victimless crime, really, because it's it's yeah. not coming out of anybody's account, which makes it weird when Tapol says, "Oh, we'll give back what we don't spend." Like, who are you going to give it back to? Well, giving it back to the ATM or the oh, bank. Oh, but... Okay, I suppose the bank. Like, yeah. Well, it, it's sort of like there's there's taking the money out of the machine, but. It, it obviously does belong to somebody if it belongs to the bank and she's... True, true. But I, d- I, I don't, don't think they ever did give the money back. I mean, maybe it was them the that... The thought was there. Maybe it was them that caused the banking crash because that was, you know, what, three years after this? It could have been a ripple effect. Possibly. and just that little bit. That's it, exactly. They messed up the timeline again, but, you know. Um, <laughs> and then while this is going on, we've got Loomis going to kidnap somebody else. And there's references as well uh, to, like, fossil fuel. And Archer nearly sort of starts telling us how we solved the fossil fuel problems. Or that we we moved on from it, because it sort of goes 2061. Yeah, and he's about to say, you know, it wasn't until then that we... uh, But they're not going to give away what the the solution is at this stage. Well, I'm assuming in 2061 we maybe actually completely ran out of fossil fuels and we had to start using other things. Ah, maybe so, yeah. And that won't have been long before Zephram Cochran, would it, really? No, so, only a few years. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe maybe yeah, maybe they've worked out dilithium or something by that point. But yeah. and um there's another sort of reference when Loomis is talking to the Zindi and he says, You terror I'm not dealing with terrorists sort of thing and Yeah. That that's something that Enterprise touched on more overtly than other Trek shows, you know, because obviously they did the the first Zindi Invasion episode was kind of a veiled reference to 9-11 kind of thing, like... A, I don't a, think it was very, very veiled at no. all. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> it, was, it was the direct reference to 9-11. Yeah, and so, you know, it's quite interesting having him sort of use the word terrorist kind of thing. In, yeah. Again, in the modern context, like we've had it talking about Bajorans and Maquis and things, but to use it in a modern context is quite, um, quite sort of grounding for Star Trek. Really, it's tonally, it's a really interesting episode just with some of the things it it does. And oh yeah, the guy that he's looking for is called Myers as well. So that's another Halloween. Yeah, it's another thing. John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely there's definitely relate imagery in the film. Yeah. For Halloween. And then we get, like, they capture him, and, you know, T'Pol uses the nerve pinch, but then Archer basically ties him up and then unties him so he can hit him, and 
you know, yeah. th- this isn't a million miles away from what you get in 24, where you've got Jack Bauer torturing people for information. You know, yeah. it's it's not as extreme as that, but it's it's in a yeah, similar Lois sort of ballpark. 24. What's that, Lois sorry? was in 24, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, I don't know whether the... Yeah, because that was a popular show at the time or whatever, but it, it just shows, again, the... The tone that they're hitting is something you never thought you'd see in Star Trek, but and it's it's this isn't the only episode with Archer. Like they go very dark with Archer this season, I oh, think. It, oh, it gets very dark, does Archer? You, uh, like I think, understandably so as well. Yeah, yeah. I I think he's in a like they're the only ship out there from Earth. Six was it? Six million people have just been oh yeah wiped out, and these these guys are going to wipe out the whole of the Earth. It's in a it's in a high stress situation. Oh, definitely, and um, and they haven't got and they haven't got the rules that we used to in Star Trek. Either. No, that's it, and I think it made Archer a much much more interesting character. Like he started off very much like your goody two shoes, um, what yeah. you'd expect from a Starfleet captain. But when when they start giving him a bit of an edge and layers to him, he got a lot more interesting. Yeah, I think it's where Enterprise fell down. Is the first season first season and we got oh we have to see before kirk so we're going to see it on the frontier and then we didn't we just got what we'd seen in next yeah, generation it, for it, seven years yeah it was exactly to be the fair, same. a lot in voyager as well where exactly we just have planet of the of the week and yeah it was just the technology looked looked more advanced well it did look more advanced than tos yeah, it, I think that was the problem, that it was just churning out the same stuff again. And yeah. there was a bit of, I mean, they call it franchise fatigue now, don't they, where we just had, you know, all the next gen, all the DS9, all the Voyager. All Voyager. And then you get Enterprise going, oh, we're just going to do the same thing again. And it, I don't think it was the right time for it, but there we yeah, go. Yeah, well... I, I don't know if it was a case of it wasn't the right time, but I think it's, I think it's more a case of that with DS9, they've done something different, how they've gone into the storytelling. Yeah. And then they've just fallen back on themselves to what they've been doing years beforehand. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, like, they could have, they could have, they got it right and they should have carried on with that. You mean with the the DS9 style? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's what they're sort of trying to do with this season. But, um, yeah, so Archer basically gets taken in as one of the victims, so that's how he infiltrates it. But before that, you get this quite cute scene at the drive-thru um, where it's, you know, do you want to supersize it for 70 cents? And the guy's like, yeah, do it, do it. They're so trying to make it a combo. That's it, so yeah. To get fries and a drink is a combo. Yeah. And he, like, Archer orders a hamburger, and she goes, do you want to make that a double for five cents? Yeah. It's what? <laughs> Yeah, it's not too bad. As uh, yeah, not bad prices. You don't know how much the original costs, but um, but yeah, the upgrading them's not too bad. Yeah, and you know, there's quite. I think that scene's quite amusing and everything. Yeah, I quite like it with Chipotle. Do you want anything? She goes, hey, "Is your salad uh, meat free yeah. or animal product free?" And she, the last goes, "Yeah, but for seventy five cents, I can add bacon." Yeah, I can put bacon in. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so we're getting to sort of the all the action at the end and everything, but the Zindi, we find out then, are making a bioweapon, and they're trying to do it under the radar, so they're hiding in the past. 
Yeah. Which, this is what I meant about, you know, some of the stuff's a little bit glossed over. It's like... Yeah, it's so... Yeah. I, have, I think they actually come back and address this in a later episode. Yeah, and it is implied at the end that they're going to do that. Um, but, yeah, it just seems a little bit perfunctory, like, yeah, this is why. And it... Yeah, fair enough. It makes for a good episode, so we'll let it go. Yeah. And then, yeah, the you have this sort of... You know, there's a few things going on at once, like Archer's going after the, the bioweapon and Loomis goes after T'Pol and well, she stuns him. Uh, did you notice him. this? And I thought this was quite a nice touch, but, like, there's Archer and when he's, he's up in the rafters and he's buying on the Zindi... And he's changed his uh, tricorder to scan for Delta Waves, yeah. which allows him to see the, ta- the time device the Zindi are using. So he locates that. Then when he pulls his phaser, you see that it's got a sighting on it. Oh, it, right. shows you a, it actually shows you a scene of him looking through the sighting. So he's got a really straight target to what he's aiming at. Yeah. Then it took him three shots to hit it. He missed. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> which I thought... Well, why go to all the effort of showing how good the phaser can target? Which made sense, because yeah, definitely. so often we see them pull a phaser out and they hit what they're aiming at from a distance, no problem. So I thought this was a really nice touch of showing us the sighting. Yeah. And then he bloody misses twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to ramp up the tension a little bit. And <laughs> another way they try and ramp it up that didn't work for me is where they have that silly sort of slow-mo when... He, he throws the bioweapon thing and you get this oh. slow motion sequence and it Can just... I catch it in time? <laughs> yeah, it just looks so cheesy. Um, yeah, it did. But, you know, fair enough. Like, they were, they were well, trying something. I like something. the part where, like, we've had the, we have the, like, two of the Zindis get out and they escape and they're running off. And we have this chase of Archer chasing them. Yeah. Then to Paul's there, but Loomis, what beeps the horn to warn them, so she doesn't get one of them, but Archer gets one in the back. Yeah. So he's chasing after the last one, and T'Pol's jo- joined him, and he goes, right, you keep down firing, and I'll go around the back. Let's hope he can't see in the dark. He obviously can't hear in the dark either, because when he jumps <laughs> across the building, he lands on the steel pipes or whatever, the metal pipes, Yeah. knocks one clanging to the floor. There's a right racket, yet the guy Cindy <laughs> never notices it. Man. So not only can he not see in the dark, he can't hear in the dark. Well, man, I, I, I suppose the rep, reptiles use the sense of smell a lot, don't they? So maybe, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's not not much excuses with that one, but but yeah. I mean, that's there's a nice little touch um, when the T'Pol's still in the car with Loomis when he's just tried to get her with the knife. Yeah, and she's knocked him out. She's overpowered him. But you see her alter the setting on the face. Yes, you do. Before she stuns him. Yeah, because they had to be set to kill for the Zindi. Yeah. So, yeah, good attention to detail, because otherwise there'd have been people saying, well, hang on a sec, that should have been set at kill, and... Yeah, yeah it was quite... I thought it was quite a nice little touch that they remembered to do that. Yeah, it is. And again, you don't see it often, unless they're making a big thing of, okay, everybody set the phasers, but... Um, yeah, it is a nice touch. And, yeah, it more or less wraps up there. Like, they they bring all the Zindi stuff back with them, and that's obviously going to be followed up in a new episode, you know, a later episode. And we get a sort of final scene where 
Loomis gets arrested and he's ranting about lizard people and all this stuff. Well, this is about around the time that we had a... Um, oh, what was his name? Oh, David Icke. David Icke started uh, telling everyone about lizard people yeah. with ray guns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Loomis starts point, spouting the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a, nice, that's a funny sequence at the end. Um, I think that was a direct uh, piss take. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah, definitely. I mean, David Icke, I think, didn't he say that the Queen of England's a lizard and she can sue him if she can prove otherwise or something? Yeah. Yeah, okay, David, you'll be waiting a while for that, but there we go. Well, to be fair, she's not sued him. No, she's not sued him, so she obviously can't prove it, so she must be, but... <laughs> There's, um, I don't know if this is true everywhere, but on Amazon UK, you can watch David Icke's lectures. The, oh, right, I haven't, uh, the, I haven't come across there. Yeah, they're on there somewhere. Uh, I started watching one of them, and he, del- he the thing is, he, he builds up to all the really crazy stuff, so it's just really boring at first, and you're like, come on, get on to lizards, that's what I want to hear yeah. about. I'm, I'm not interested in your... What you think about climate change and stuff? I wanna, I wanna hear the the really nutty stuff. But anyway, yeah. So I think I must have seen this episode before because I've you know I've definitely watched all of Enterprise through more than once. But yeah. for whatever reason, it had not stuck in my memory. But it's a really strong episode. I think this one. Yeah, I I think um, and I'm guilty of it myself, and I think a lot of us have almost been indoctrinated into thinking Enterprise was the worst of all the Star Treks. Yeah. And admit, like I've said, admittedly, I think season one is very weak when you've got, by then, uh, 21 seasons behind you. Yeah. So you should know what you're doing. You shouldn't be starting weak. But this season is awesome. Yeah, it's some very good stuff in it. And yeah. season four is very strong as well. Um, season four was a brilliant season. Yeah, apart from the ending, obviously. But apart from the very we, ending, we will get onto I, that one day. But um, yeah, I wonder about that ending if it's because of like they were getting cut, and that's obviously down to not getting the viewers. If they just thought if it was almost too well, fuck you, get fuck you then. Yeah, it could have <laughs> been. I mean, I I don't know. It just beggars belief. But yeah, we're gonna it need does. we're gonna need to do a separate episode on that one one day. But um, oh, yeah. For now, though, let's <laughs> let's move on to Voyager then. So this is Non Sequitur from Season 2. Now, this is interesting because on, on Netflix and on the DVDs and everything, uh, this is about the fourth, fifth episode of Season 2. Um, yeah. But it was actually the second one recorded uh, because they, he- they held back four episodes of Season 1 to launch Season 2 with. So... Season one was meant to finish with the thirty sevens, and but right. they, they held that one back, and they held back Twisted Elysium and Learning Curve, and then they sort of scattered them. They didn't even do them in order. They they put them at the start of season two, uh, but season two was meant to be initiations, then non sequitur. And you, if you look at the star right. dates, you can tell where they've done it, um, but. To all intents and purposes, from the first broadcast onward, it's you know they've been included as part of season two. I think the only place where they weren't was on the VHS releases in the UK, um, where we, we actually got all of season one together. Um, but either way, it's early season two, and 
Yeah, so really short opening teaser. Harry wakes up on Earth, and that's about it, really. Yeah, he, w- he wakes up and he can hear the captain's voice say, prepare for emergency transport. Yeah. Harry, can you hear me? Yeah, and then it's, yeah, um, San Francisco. Then he wakes up with uh, this really nice lass in bed with him. Yeah, and he's, it's Li- Libby who's been talked about a lot. Uh, but we, yeah. we get to, I can't remember, I think maybe you see her in a picture or something earlier on, but this is certainly the first time we see her fully, properly. I think properly. this is the only time we ever see her. I think so. I mean, that might be down to the actress. I didn't think she did a great job, if I'm being perfectly no. honest. She was a, a bit a bit over the top, a bit hammy, I think. Um, but anyway, we'll get on to that. So, yeah, we find out, like, yeah, Harry's... Not back in his old life, because as he quickly finds out, like, this is now, it's not... They've not gone back in time, it's... Yeah, it's not gone back in time, it's sort of like... Well, he he says that he should have left months ago, but we're in season two, two. so really we should be a year ago, I think. You would think so, but yeah, he specifically says, like, eight months, doesn't he? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm not quite sure what the... I mean, that may... Maybe because the the first season of Voyager was quite short compared, like we're saying, they used to do like 26 episodes. And the first season, they recorded 20 episodes, but only 16 of them were actually broadcast as season one. So, you know, maybe... Which would work out probably at about eight. Yeah, so maybe... But then this is about episode five or six of season two, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's Yeah, it, do, it doesn't seem to quite add up unless no, season one's no, shorter than we assume it is. Um, so yeah, Harry's... We find out he's got a meeting and he's running through all the possibilities like, well, it can't be... Uh, uh, you know, I can't be back in time. It can't be this, it can't be that. And he starts talking about Voyager and everything. We find out Voy- they've had a memorial service for Voyager. So presumably they've declared the ship lost. Lost, yeah. All lost. All hands lost in action. Yeah. All MIA. They'd all be MIA, wouldn't they? Oh, you action. would assume so, yeah. And we get a bit of future San Francisco, which looks very much like the Universal Backlot set. And I, I get a feeling that's, well, the Paramount back. Well, it probably is. Yeah, but, uh, but they've dressed it up a bit. Like, we've got the futuristic-looking sort of subway entrance. Yeah, and like, like, to be fair, for a TV show, and, like, Star Trek was still on quite a limited budget, which is mad when you think of yeah, yeah. how much money they make off merchandising. Yeah. I don't care what you say about TV figures. The real money with Star Trek is... The DVDs and all the other stuff afterwards. Oh, yeah. And, like, nowadays I imagine that, like, I, I bet Netflix pays a lot to have the, like, just the UK distribution of the classic shows, you know. Yeah. I mean, they've got everything up to Discovery and obviously Picard's gone to Amazon, but, but yeah. Yeah, so... we don't know who's got Lower Decks. Um, speaking of Lower Decks, we've got a date... CBS oh release. yes, it's early August, August, isn't it? August the sixth. Right, so we'll have to. Uh, so our American and Canadian friends get it uh, August the sixth. The rest of the world, unfortunately, still doesn't have a yeah, release we date. Don't, we don't know yet. No one's picked it up yet. No, I mean you imagine they will do, but yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated on that as and when we hear. Yeah, at the moment they're saying it's being released worldwide under the CBS Firecom. 
Yeah, but but there's no further details of how that's working. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll find out and we'll let you know as and when we do. But yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, so yeah, the, the, this is we get sort of like a few bits and bobs about what's different. Like you know, he, he's engaged to Libby now rather than just um, you know a couple. And there's there's a joke where. The guy says, oh, we're going to do this presentation, and if you play your cards right, you'll get promoted to lieutenant. Yeah. Because <laughs> he spends another set, chooses doctor and spends seven years as an ensign. <laughs> well, this is it. Like, it's it's a joke that plays differently now than it probably did when it was written, so it was only season two. Yeah, an early season two. So, so... yeah, the, the ongoing joke of why don't Kim get promoted probably wasn't a thing then, but now it, um, <laughs> it it plays as quite a good gag. Yeah. And, yeah, we find out they're working on this runabout. Harry makes a bit of a mess of it. He goes, oh, I'm very ill and I can't do this. And Yeah, he's working on, was it the Yellowstone class? Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Though when we see the cockpit, it's the same as the DS9 ones, which is what you'd expect, I mean. Well, I'd be very surprised if they did a different cockpit for... They're obviously exactly, just going to use yeah. the set that they've got available. Yeah, I think they put a... Is there a different dish on it? Or there's something on top of it that you don't always get yeah. on DS9. Only one of them had that. Um, and... We find out like this friend of his got put on Voyager instead of him, so that seems to be the thing that's different. And then yeah, it's what places. Yeah, and then there's this awful bit where he goes home and he's talking to Libby and he's saying, you know, oh, tell me you love me like you've never seen me, and oh, it's so cringy. Oh, it, it is awful, isn't it? It's yeah, it's, yeah. I get what they were going for, but and I d- yeah, like from her point of view, he's never been gone. <laughs> But from his point of view, he has been gone eight months and thinking that he might never see you again. Yeah, that's it, exactly. But, um, yeah, and I think a lot of it's down to the actress. Like, I just don't think she's very good, to be honest. I'm trying to think by this point, because I know that we saw early on in, like, by episode three, because we did time and again last week. Yeah, yeah. That Tom was trying to get him to go on a double date with the Delaney sisters. So by this point in Harry's timeline, had he cheated on Libby yet? No, because he, he says he... Because <laughs> he makes the point, doesn't he, where he's, I want to go back to her. No, but that was then. I'm trying to think if anything had happened. Oh, true, yeah. This, yeah, this that, is quite a bit further like on. Episode. You're right, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. We'd have to look that up. Yeah, that'd be interesting if by at this point, if he's... Even if he's not actually done anything if he's been on a date with one of yeah. the Delaney sisters just to keep Tom happy and not even necessarily the Delaney sisters in fact don't he go on a date with the one where they have that technology that transports you across the galaxy and so he sort of goes on a date in that one yeah well that was definitely season one wasn't yeah, it yeah yeah oh, well he has said <laughs> and and see this raises I don't want to get too into it because you know it's time travel and it's alternate realities and things and I I really don't think this is an issue they were trying to touch on but through sort of 2020 eyes you do have to wonder a little bit about the the issue of consent here because it clearly goes to bed with Libby but Libby doesn't that's not the Harry that she's actually with so it's a little bit you know. No, no, um, no, because he's the same Harry. She's a different Libby. She's a different Libby, so, but, but she... She's, 
he's in a different reality here. This is yeah. It is firmly established that in this episode that he's in a di- in a different reality. If things yeah, have changed in but, the timeline. But this Libby has been with the Harry that she's got engaged to, and you know she's had an extra eight months of that relationship that she assumes is with him. This guy, yeah. But, but it isn't really, and so it. Mm, I mean. Yeah, I don't think it's, you know, I don't want to be one of these people who sort of, you know, says everything's problematic and everything, but <laughs> I, I don't think you have to go too far to find something there that you could dwell on if you wanted to, but we won't. So he's been going through this crew manifest and he's found out Tom isn't on there and he decides, right, I'm going to go to France to find him. But we do... Yeah, they- now, this is another part that gets me. Like, we've got Tom, and he's he's in a bar, and he's a bit of a bum. But Harry's established that only eight months have passed. Yeah. So Tom says that he got in a fight on DS9, so he got thrown in jail, his parole was revoked, so he went back to jail. Yeah. So are we going to say that he's got six months of a sentence left? Yeah, because they say... So he's only been out two months... <laughs> Yeah, and also they say, oh, he's in. He was in jail for pre, uh, in prison for treason, and he got eighteen months, but he's out yeah. on parole. It's like, really? We don't take treason as seriously as we do today. Then in the yeah. the twenty fourth century, but fair enough. But yeah, like you say, he's, and yeah, he's a totally different sort of character. Like he's really, he's sort of the the bad parts of Tom, but turned up to eleven kind of thing. Yeah. And he also, he holds his pool cue really weirdly, like he sort of curls his finger over the end of it, which, I, d- I don't know, it just didn't look right to me. Oh, no, my granddad used to do that with a Did cue. Did Right. Yeah, my granddad used to hold snooker cue like that, so I don't have a problem. That doesn't even look strange to me. Right, fair enough. It's obviously <laughs> just, yeah, just not how I'm used to it, but... Yeah. The other thing about, and I don't want to dwell on pool tables too much... Uh, but that's an American-style pool table. It's, it's it's bigger and with the bigger pockets and everything. Whereas in France, you usually see European-style pool tables, which are a lot smaller. But Well, it's several hundred years in the future, so has it become like... Maybe one, it's become the standard. One sort of unit of size that everyone uses. And also, you know, it's filmed but, in America, like, so I don't fair, expect this set, them. This set um, does get used again. Quite a lot. Oh, is this the one that this, they have uh, on the holiday? This part, yeah, this becomes uh, one of Tom's programs. Uh, this uh, bar that I know in uh, Marseille. Ah, see, that's clever. Yeah, I like that. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit weird, the whole, well, I'm going to go to Tom Paris because he can help me figure out what happened on the shuttle. Like, really? Just go to Starfleet Command and tell them? It's not like they're not used to officers coming forward and saying something weird's going on with time. Yeah, I've got... Well, hasn't he tried saying this and not believing it? A little bit, but, I do, you know, I don't think he's... I think he could have done a bit more with it. But, anyway, <laughs> he thinks Tom's going to help him, and you see a sort of shifty guy at the bar who I, I presume is Starfleet Intelligence, because yeah. the next thing is... He next gets, thing is being arrested. Yeah, and then he tells them the whole truth, and they th- he thinks it's a temporal anomaly, but they think he's a Maquis spy, and they give him an ankle bracelet, and it's, it's lucky they didn't think he were doing treason, so they, they might have put him away for, like, 
a week or something. Months. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get an explanation of what's actually going on. We get this coffee guy who's he's been popping up a few times throughout the episode. Yeah. And then he he expl- he explains who he is. Yeah, and it's like he's a, an alien or something outside yeah, of time. Yeah, it's an alien. And... Says how you'd explain it. I'd be an inverted time. <laughs> yeah. From an inverted time slipstream. Or <laughs> that's it. It's all about the slipstreams. Yeah. Um. So so this is a new way of time traveling. This is shuttle accident and um, slip screen. Yeah, slip yeah. Screen. Shuttle accident in. In the middle of the time slip, this time slip stream that these aliens use. Yeah. And he's being sent there to sort of make sure Harry's okay. Yeah, and that's why all the way through he's been sort of bigging everything up. Like, oh, isn't it great? You've got Libby and, you know. Yeah. He's a oh, little... Get me, get me a model. It's your new ship presentation. Get me a model for my coffee shop window. Yeah. And he's almost a bit too much with Libby, this guy, where he's like, yeah, Sunday mornings, I won't get out of bed. Yeah. And then he's yeah. like, oh, you're knocking off early, are you? Goes, I was sent to make sure you're all right. Yeah. But you're obviously not. But don't you think you've got it lovely here? Um, yeah, and he's right. You've got, a, you've got a lovely girlfriend. You've got a great job. You're doing well. You're going to get promoted. Uh, and he says there was an accident. I don't know how to put it right, but we know it happened. And yeah. I've been sent to make sure you're okay. Which seems quite reasonable. There's no malice here. No, An exactly. Has happened and, and the aliens, instead of just letting him get on with it, have gone, look, a few parts of time have changed. Yeah. You, I mean... This is a different timeline. The timeline has changed slightly. And I don't know how to put it right. I mean, I think it would have been a more interesting episode if Harry had have wanted to stay. You know, and he'd have been... Uh, you know, I'd, this is better than my existence. Yeah. I, I'm happy to stay. And then maybe... You know, maybe if when he'd have looked Tom up, he'd have found out, oh, Tom got killed in a bar fight on DS9, and that's why he has to go back like, oh, you know, I'm happier, but I can't let Tom can't die. Yeah. Well, maybe something like that to give it a bit more a drama. Bit more but it's it's just, I'm going to put it back because it's the right thing to do. Which, yeah, you know, fair enough. Fair enough, but it'd have been nice to have a bit more... Yeah, a bit more of like, a drama. One of the like one of the running things throughout Voyager was Harry was always optimistic about getting home and I think I found yeah, this exactly. way to get home. And can we get home this way? And can we get home this way? And I miss Libby and yeah, yeah all of this so, stuff. So we're still very early on, so he should have that. Hold on, I've got what I want here. Yeah. And Voyager's still, you know, nobody's dead. It's just yeah. somebody else is on the ship that I'm not. Somebody else and... is in his place. Oh, maybe... Tom never joined. Tom's actually home as well. Yeah, Tom's Tom happy. Tom his boots up, Tom could have a nice life as well. Yeah, Tom's down bar. He's out of jail. And... Yeah. Oh, maybe that would have been it. Maybe he'd, uh, he could have met, met his friend's wife and she's devastated that he's on Voyager. So he's like, oh, that, that should be me. So that's not yeah. fair on her. Or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it does seem that they get back. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one. Um, and then, yeah, so we end up, they've got to steal the runabout, recreate the the accident, and they get this bit where we're in space dock, the doors are closing, and then we get that and shot. We get a nice flashback to relics. Exactly. Now, <laughs> there's a perfectly good shot of the space dock doors closing from Star Trek Three. Yeah. So why don't we use that? It's just... <laughs> 
Well, yeah, why uh, does the space dock look it, like a Dyson sphere? Well, I assume it's just a donut. It's probably another one of these things where budget and all that. And oh, it is. Maybe yeah. Pop, well, we'll we'll roll this one out this time. We've met, they've maybe rolled that one out a few times. Yeah. Already, so let's roll this one out again. It's just it's, been a few years. It's a weird one. Yeah, and they thought they'd get away with it, but they didn't. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, there's a bit at the end where it's, well, you've got to beam out, but it's going to blow up, and Tom's like, well, I'm trusting you, and all of this stuff, and yeah, it's a pretty cool ending to it, and obviously it works. And yeah, he, he gets away, and... We get Harry back there, and we finally see the rest of the crew, or not even all the rest of the crew, there's no Doctor, no Kez, no Neelix. Yeah, there's not a lot of the rest of the crew in this at all, it's literally a couple of them right at the end. Yeah, right at the end, so... Janeway, Tuvok, and Jakota. Yeah, well, yeah. So they, everyone else had a decent week, but Garrett Wong and um, Robert Duncan McNeil had a busy one. But there you go. And now this again, really nitpicky, and I feel bad even going there with this, but I did notice it when they're beaming Harry over. You can see the tactical display behind Bellana, and the shields are up. <gasps> Can't have that. So, yeah, can't have beamed her out. Can't have beamed him out if the shields were up. But yeah. And I f- even noticing it, I felt bad with myself. I'm like, oh, come <laughs> on, that's just... Now, there is one good thing about this episode. We have time travel. In Star Trek Voyager, it happens to Harry Kim. He gets back and he remembers everything that You're right, happened. you're right. Yeah, absolutely true. I mean, technically, the stuff that happened didn't happen. But he does remember it. So. He knows what happened, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't think it's a bad episode at all. This one. No, uh, it's it's quite fun, but there's a lot of there's a lot of loopholes. Like you could have done it with quite. I'm not sure if you could have done it with many of the other characters. Actually, maybe not. I don't know, but it, it could have been a lot more interesting. Yeah. And yeah, you know, there's the, reason it. Like we said, it definitely needed a better reason for him to be so adamant that he had to go back. Yeah. Because it doesn't... Like, what we what we knew of Harry Kim at this point was he wanted to get home to Libby. He was constantly looking for ways that they could get yeah. home quicker than 70 years or at, least, at this point. Yeah, at least something, a bit, of a, a bit of a regret at leaving. But it's not. He's just straight away, I'm going to work out how to go back. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, just yeah. L- I've got my girl again. I've got the job. I'm home. Oh, I don't want that. Even though yeah. I've whinged about it through the last year. A little <laughs> bit of you know, and nobody had blamed him for a little bit of temptation to stay, but um, no, not at all. But there you go. It's. I mean, yeah. I think it's a decent episode, but there could have been so much more with it. I mean, I remember when it was first coming out. I used to download. Um, not illegally download episodes, I want to stress, but what they used to do on the Star Trek website to uh, to promote it was release the TV spots, so like your little 20-second TV spots. Oh, yeah. And I used to download them on my dial-up internet back in the day, so it'd take about six hours to download this 20-second <laughs> clip. And the one for this episode, it looked absolutely amazing. Um, so I think I'm always a little bit disappointed by this episode because that TV spot was why so what good. Was in, why what was in the TV spot? I can't remember. It was just, you know, it was like, oh, Harry's back in the present and it showed the ships blowing up and, you know, Tom running around hitting <laughs> the Starfleet guy and everything. And you thought, wow, this is going to be a right episode. 
and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's not the greatest, but yeah, it, it's a it's another way of uh, time traveling that we haven't seen. It is, yeah, and um, like annoyingly, like this is obviously another alien species that lives in the time continuum or yep. slips time streams, but we we never hear or see of them again. No, true. You're right. Yeah, because yeah. A time stream would be an interesting thing to explore a little bit more. Yeah, but... a time stream alien. I think that's quite... Yeah. Yeah, it's like the one from uh, Next Generation that we looked at. Oh, in Timescape, yeah. Yeah, we never see them again. And they, and it's another one. That's a really interesting idea for aliens. Like, how do they exist? Yeah, it would be something to... Yeah, something to follow up on. I mean... Yeah. I mean the the time. They were listening to us, CBS. Yeah, exactly. New new things instead of rehashing the same again. Let's look at some of these lesser known species. Bring back the time aliens, and yeah, let's have a look at them. But yeah, I think that about does us for these episodes. Then, Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can email us RetrekPod at gmail.com. Or look us up on um, Facebook. Look for Retrek. We've got the group on there. Or if you want to pick up the latest issue of Starburst magazine, we're in there as well, which was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is quite cool that like we've, we've made Starburst. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, check out check out the, the interview with us in there. Uh, thanks for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.